Hello everyone, I'm Brian Carrington and you're listening to Call Talk for April 15th, 2015. Today's topic is process improvement at contact centers, a lean six Sigma approach. You're going to love this one. Now, if you're listening live, I want to invite you to be a part of the show, and it's real easy. You can ask questions and even get on the air, but here's how you do it. Number one, you can obviously call in, and the phone number is here, 347-857-3117. Now, when you call in, hit the number one on your phone, let me know that you have a question, and I'll be sure to get you in. Now, probably the most common way is to email me your question, and you can do that at brian at benchmarkportal.com. That's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. Of course, I want to remind everyone, all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at your convenience on our website, benchmarkportal.com, of course, any time of the day. Find your way to Call Talk, and we have many, many different shows and topics that hopefully will help you with your schedule and day. Now, let's go ahead and jump right into today's show, and let me introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Well, thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. You know, uh, customers are demanding more efficient and effective service from contact centers throughout all industries. We're seeing this continually. And, you know, we'll be talking with our, our guest about a Lean Six Sigma approach to contact center process improvement that contact center leaders can really use and leverage to make their contact centers the best that they can be. And joining me to get today uh, for on the part of Benchmark Portal is Amy Novak, who is going to be uh, helping with the interview of our guest. Amy, how are you doing today? Hi, Bruce. I'm doing well. I'm delighted to be here as well as to have the opportunity to speak with Walt again. He is quite an entertaining gentleman. One of the reasons I am very interested in speaking with Walt is I have experience with the Six Sigma methodologies and have been part of some projects and seen some fantastic results from the process. So I look forward to some of the additional insights Walt will be sharing with us today. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, too. And I, I can mention that we really did take the show on the road uh, this week. Uh, I'm uh, down in near San Diego. Uh, you're in Michigan, and Walt is up <laughs> in Northern California. So we're doing a good triangulation <laughs> here. Well, you know, we wanted to talk a lot more about the Lean Six Sigma approach to contact center process improvement. And uh, as mentioned, we brought in a real expert on the topic, Walt Sweeney, who's a call center AVP. Uh, welcome to the show, Walt. Uh, thanks, Bruce. It's uh, great to be here. Okay, great. You know, Walt has been in the contact center business for over 16 years. He's currently an assistant vice president with Provident Credit Union in Redwood Shores, California. And previously, Walt had contact center assignments with Greater Bay Bank, which is a subsidiary of Wells Fargo, and AT&T Broadband. And he received his master's in business administration from San Francisco State University. And Walt is also a Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt certified. And he serves on the Northern California Contact Center Association Steering Committee, resides in the San Francisco Bay Area, and is married with three daughters. So we're really uh, delighted to have you with us, Walt. And, you know, the, the, the Six Sigma area is one that is really, I think, fascinating to a lot of people. Uh, in, in, in our industry, obviously, there's a certain fascination with it. Uh, it scares some people, <laughs> particularly the thought of uh, going for it and having to be tested on it, et cetera. I know you'll get into that. 
but it is one of those things that does bring instant respect and um, sort of like being knighted by the queen, I guess, or maybe, I don't know, having an Eastern master <laughs> give you some sort of a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a certification in, in, in meditation or something like that. So there's, there's a, you know, a real fascination, and I think a lot of interest on the part of our audience to learn more about what this really means. And, Amy, given your background in this area, I'd like to hand things over to you in terms of uh, uh, proceeding with Walt. So over to you, Amy. Great. Thank you, Bruce. Actually, Walt, with that experience of Six Sigma, and also as Bruce mentioned, the methodology or even the concept of Six Sigma within the call center arena can be quite scary to some of the folks because Six Sigma is more commonly seen in the automotive industry and or true production line industries because of the data and the measurements and the processes. But what I have seen experience-wise is Six Sigma, it the process itself, it's working together to drive that improvement. And part of what's driving that improvement is the communication and the the full cycle of all the areas that would be interacting directly or indirectly with the call center are helping to drive those improvements. So I'm hoping that you would be able to provide me uh, as it relates to Six Sigma, the definition of that Lean Six Sigma, or what is the definition of Lean Six Sigma? Oh, sure. I, I know when we uh, use it over here at uh, Providence, um, when we started the process, um, we looked at it, or I look at it, as a, a team effort to improve performance and to, and to really look at removing duplication and redundancy. And it's you know so easy, and obviously in large companies, but even in small companies, it's so easy for things to go a certain way because that's the way we've always done it. And I believe Lean Six Sigma um, goes in there and says, "Hey, you know, is there a way we can do it better? And you know, if we can do it better, then it makes it better for the customer." Exactly. You know, in in my experience, you know, it is a customer focused complete approach aimed at improving how we think, we create and we do things for or within our relentless search of, you know, profitability, growth, customer satisfaction, even employee morale. So it truly encompasses more than just the measurements and the statistical backing, which is definitely you know, helps aid as you are making improvements, but it, it is so much more than just numbers. So understanding there's more than numbers, could you potentially provide some of the steps within this Lean Six Sigma approach? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, it's a five-step approach um, that we've been following, and it's, there's an acronym to it. And I guess you pronounce it DMA for like a better pronunciation, but there's uh, five um, uh, different areas to look at, and the first one is define. And the things we looked at on there was, you know, if we're going to define, you know, is the issue that we want to work on a priority? Uh, there's probably a lot of projects to work on, but is this one that's really going to help our call center? So um, that's the first thing I looked at on there. and. Uh, you know, really in that whole defined stage to really clarify the goal and benefits to customers or is it, is it going to increase profits or, as you mentioned, improve employee morale. So um, define, you know, just the critical first piece of the whole process. The um, second piece is measure. 
And in terms of measuring on there, you know, have we identified the data that we need to uh, confirm that this is an opportunity that we can make something better? And, you know, how do we get that data? I mean, there's you know, one thing to come up with a reason we want to go ahead and fix something on there. It's like, well, yeah, geez, but we got to have data to, um, you know, uh, really analyze to fix it. And we have a saying around here, you know, it's just an opinion unless we have data to back it up. So mm-hmm. for the measure piece, you know, data is just critical. And that honestly uh, helps with that separation. You know, when we're looking at data, it separates what maybe we're truly thinking is happening from what is really happening. And so it helps, you know, centers as well as, you know, industries that are performing the Six Sigma methodology and philosophies to establish that baseline of performance. So when everyone thinks of data, they're like, oh, data, data, data. But it, it truly gives you that, you know, baseline for that performance. So... I just wanted to interject there really quickly. Yeah, couldn't agree more on there too. And I think we've all been in meetings um, you know, before where it's like, well, yeah, it sure sounds like a good idea, or a good opinion. But again, we really need to have data to back it up and just sort of validate uh, what we want to do. You know, going back to the defined stage too. Mm-hmm. The uh, next piece in our uh, five steps is our third step, which is our analyze step, and. Um, yeah, I enjoy this step because uh, when we're looking to analyze to try and solve a problem is, you know, should we go ahead and use the Lean Six Sigma piece to solve the problem? Or maybe there's a quick fix out there that we can fix it with. We have mm-hmm. ready available data and, um, you know, what, God, geez, everybody's agreeing around the table and customers saying, yeah, this, you, folks should be doing this. So um, finding out if it's, uh, you know, worthy of a, a project to really get into or, or a quick frisk is important under the analyze piece. And, um, you know, I, I think on the analyze piece also, and you may have found this also, Amy, is, is it really mm-hmm. determines those root causes. You know, say, hey, we, we've got the data, so what is really causing this thing so we can really take a look at it? Exactly. I'll never forget what my, you know, previous life I had a Six Sigma black belt who was my boss. And her, she was famous, quantify, quantify, quantify. So it was identifying those root causes. And that will, I think, be ingrained in my mind till the day I, you know, decide to part here. But, yeah, quantify, 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 the analyzing part. It's very important. Yeah, I agree. Um, the fourth of the five steps is improve on there. And um, you know, what I like to think of it on there also is if we – done some best practices or assess what we could do to improve the situation. I mean, that could be the thing we probably all learned in business school. And you know, did you brainstorm and in a room? Did <laughs> yeah. you get right? Did you get feedback from um, you know other uh, interested parties? Did you know one of those things? Did we talk to our customers for goodness' sake? I mean, and trying to you know improve on there and really make it a better experience for them. Um, you know, a lot of things. What I do like about improve also. When we do um, come up with uh, with different uh, uh, potential um, ideas or to fix the problem on there too, is a lot of times. And what I'll, I'll tell a lot of my managers or team members here too on there, it's like, well, we have this idea, we think it's going to be great, and but everybody's not quite sure in case it may blow up. I said, well, mm-hmm. why don't you just try a pilot? <laughs> I wonder if the thing about the pilot <laughs> tried for 30 days. If it doesn't work out, yeah. I said, well, yeah, it was a pilot. It didn't work out. <laughs> you can try something else. So I think piloting is important, too, and I don't know if you've done a Definitely. similar piece on that also. Yes. Uh, we have, in projects I've been in, 
previously as they surrounded the Six Sigma approach. It, piloting was half of the 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 process or a part of the process process I should say because you know we're selecting it, we've designed it, we want now we're going to try to implement this and we want to implement something successfully. So if we pilot it to ensure that successful implementation, then we can drive that solution. And, you know, that is what we're, the end goal is driving that solution so then we can have control over that. And now I'm I'm taking away your thunder a little bit by leading us into the, the last element in the steps here. Amy, I think for more of our seasoned members, that's sort of I think Johnny Carson used to call that a segue. So that, actually, that was pretty good. So, um, <laughs> but <That> the, is. <laughs> sometimes I say that to my team, and they say Johnny, who? Believe it or not, but um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I agree. And that and that last piece is on control on there, and that you know a lot of times too. You've done all that work on. You're going through the whole uh, Lean Six Sigma process, and uh, control is really it's so critical if you've done all that, and you want to go in there and you know confirm that, hey, we got the achievement and the goals that we wanted to do out of it. And another key part is also making sure there's a process owner on there and that they're, uh, they've been identified and accountable to say, yeah, you know, hey, we're tracking this thing, and it's getting the results we want, or... Yeah, it didn't come out the way we thought it would be, and maybe we got to take another look at it. So I, I, control is really an important part, and I think a lot of times we go through those other steps and we're at the finish line, and um, we want to make sure we really do a good, war, a good job executing on control. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind as you're, you're sharing these steps and, and the memories that are being jogged as a result of going through this process yet again is, you know, some of the simplistic, I'll say more simplistic ways that we use to help share this information with those staff members and or uh, team members that would be joining us through this process that may not have had as much knowledge on the Six Sigma methodology. And it's, you know, looking at everyone here is the, the buzzword, low-hanging fruit or your ground fruit, what <laughs> You know, we wanted to start with the ground fruit. If it's already on the ground, then we might as well sweep that up and see what we can do to make, you know, the improvements because that's just our normal logic and intuition. But then looking at that low-hanging fruit and, and looking at some of the basic tools that we can use to make those improvements and then going for the bulk of the fruit, meaning that the process, either characterization or optimization. And with this Six Sigma approach, it truly helps get to, I guess, have you visualize the tree. So we're going from the ground fruit to low-hanging, the bulk of it to the middle of the tree, and then the sweet fruit, the, the stuff that's right on the top of the tree, getting the sun and, and you know, making this design for the Six Sigma to truly make those improvement designs. Um, so as you're going through each step, you're going through, you know, the management, the improvement of the process, and then the imp ultimately the improvement of the design. And, you know, having all of the areas working together to drive that improvement is what's help, going to help us get to that sweetest fruit, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's funny. We had a, um, a meeting with our agents this morning on their just uh, open forum on their tune. We had uh, recently promoted a team member to manager, and, um, and the point of the oh, meeting great. was, you know, right, we, you know, sort of get to know the uh, your colleague as a manager now and also talk about what we can do to – uh, make things better and 
at, there are roughly eight or ten different potential process improvements. And you know, I was saying after the meeting, also I'd say, well, you're probably not going to get eight or ten done by next Wednesday, but maybe we can take a look at one or two that we can report back to. And you know, if the agents and the team members um, know that you're listening to them, you're going to be a hero. So I, I would completely agree with you, especially on low-hanging fruit on things we can get some wins early. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up, but with you know past experience, I have seen and been part of the process that has you know helped drive consistency. And that's you know not only within the call center arena, but you know in multiple industries, companies are looking to drive consistency to optimize their their people and their processes. And it has also opened up the, you know, communication forum as it relates to not only interdepartmental, but the departments working directly or indirectly and in this realm here with the call center. So, you know, understanding that, how would you say has the Lean Six Sigma helped your call center? Uh, yeah, for us, it's really, uh, I focus on those processes that, help us to prepare for events that could impact our members. And the most recent one, for instance, where we've been working on is uh, improving our card compromise handling process. And unfortunately, as a lot of us know, uh, there have been so many uh, debit and credit card uh, security breaches the past couple of years from all financial institutions and um, mm-hmm. you know retail data breaches, et cetera, on there too. So we, the latest one we're working on, actually we're in uh, we're working on right now, and there we're in the uh, improved stage is to say, you know, how can we make this easier for the member? Because as you know, no matter how good you're going to make it the member is going to be inconvenienced one way or the other on there, so they're already going to be a bit annoyed. So we've been working on that to make the steps as clean as possible for our agents and make it as clean as possible for our members. So it's a it's a situation that nobody really likes, but try and make it work as best as possible. Well, that's two very important things that you bring up where this process has helped your center customer journey hearing that quite a bit now within the call center industry as well as the customer and agent efforts so those are truly two big main components that this you know lean six sigma could help make improvements within centers i agree yeah you know uh this is bruce again and i was just thinking of a couple of uh things that could be injected here too if i might uh one is, the, you know, the great left brain, right brain uh, thing that's going on in a lot of call centers that we see all the time. And the uh, Lean Six Sigmas uh, are sometimes seen as the, the geeks of the organization. They're the people who love the numbers and everything. And, and well, you know, you're obviously not a geek or maybe you're a closet <laughs> I was going to say, hey, geek, now. But, no. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a fun geek, okay? <laughs> we just lost <laughs> our geek bad. audience. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And, no, and, he's still here. Know, we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but we see this a lot. I mean, uh, Amy, you know, you'll you'll back me up on this. There's oftentimes a certain clash of consciousness, if you will. Uh, there are those people for whom the worst day of the year is when they have to go into a budget session because there's numbers being tossed around. They, and after all, they're people people. That's why they got into call centers, right? Uh, they're people mm-hmm. who like helping people. That's what uh, really gets them. And uh, so, you know, we oftentimes see this when you get into a topic like uh, Six Sigma, it brings it to the fore. 
and sort of puts it in stark relief. And so I just wanted to mention a little bit about uh, personality types, communication styles, and also culture. Um, because those who are listening now, and they're wondering, you know, how they might do this and, and enact this and actually uh, bring this into their call center, or they're chafing at the bit and wonder why everybody isn't listening to them when they want to do this, or they're a little bit scared of this because they're the, the more the communications type and not the numbers type. So I think it's very helpful to just know that. First of all, acknowledge the fact that people have different personality types and uh, some people are more analytical than others. Some people are very comfortable with the analysis, and some people, in fact, are very uncomfortable without the analysis. Other people are uncomfortable with all those numbers and with the analysis, and those people who are trying to convince colleagues to really take this seriously need to find the ways to reach those people, understand their communication style, and therefore make them converts to your uh, ideology, if you will, of using data for the purposes of improving the center and doing it in a way that's non-threatening and doesn't make them feel dumb. This is really important yeah. in Good getting things done here. And uh, the, the last thing, I'll, I'll just mention that there was an article in the Wall Street Journal recently about the uh, uh, fellow who was just named to the head of Bayer in Germany. And he's a Dutchman who spent 25 years in the United States and has now gotten the uh, top position over at Bayer in Germany. And uh, he was talking about the fact that uh, even with data, different cultures will do things different ways. So uh, put into context, the things that, that we're talking about today have to be sort of then inserted into a company culture. He said over there, and it partly comes from the German culture, he said, whereas in America, if you have 80% of the data, you will start reacting, you will start doing things. There, he said, it, it, if you have only 99.9%, people are reluctant to start anything. <laughs> he said, and he said, <laughs> and, and, and he said, I'm saying that kindly, and, and I'm being kind, <laughs> which was sort of an indication of his frustration with, with how much data. So uh, I think we need to be aware of these things. I'd be interested also in your comments on, on this, Walt, as far as uh, what you've seen and, and whether uh, you know, I, I've hit any marks there. Now, boy, boy, that is excellent on there, Bruce. I, especially the piece, um, the story you stole about the uh, colleague in Germany. Um, yes, because I think a lot of times, too, I think folks are a little scared to get into this thing. Like, well, you mean I have to learn something new? And you're talking about a certification test, perhaps. And um, but I think there's a lot of different ways you can you know, use Lean Six Sigma. Um, for those smaller projects and also for those longer projects. And your other point, too, uh, what's the thing I can remember back in the day, not the, and uh, you know, paralysis by analysis. And, boy, that's sure true, too, because you can look at this thing forever, mm -hmm. and it's like sooner or later somebody's going to make a decision and move on on there. And, um, yeah, I'm probably more on the 80% uh, uh, um, uh, role to say, hey, this looks pretty good. This is a trend. Let's move. So, uh, you know, two excellent points. Yeah. Amy, what are your thoughts on that? Well, definitely in terms of the personalities, understanding the types, the culture, I have seen this incorporated 
more and more within the centers that I am visiting and understanding the, you know, even some of the behavioral uh, side of training and interviewing and, you know, understanding that how that will work directly with this, you know, Lean Six Sigma approach and knowing that the data is only one of the elements that will help make you a successful center. Right, right. Okay, great. You know, I can see that uh, Brian has some questions for, for Walt, so uh, why don't we uh, go over to Brian and um, get some answers. So, thanks, Okay, Brian. sounds good. Thanks, Bruce. So I'm I'm the guy that's coming from the standpoint that doesn't know the process or uh, much about the Lean Six Sigma like you all do. So this might sound silly, but let me ask you first, uh, Walt. So I understand there's the process of Six Sigma, but there's also a certification of individuals. Is that right? And that's correct. If folks uh, wish to be certified, um, there's various and sundry uh, levels that they can be certified at on there if they um, want to take it there. And, you know, quite frankly, it's a great, you know, learning and educational experience. But, frankly, it's a resume booster for a lot of people also who realize, boy, I have a passion for this. Ah, okay. Thanks for thanks for that. Then it's kind of a preface for the first question that we have from Cecilia is, um, and I'm assuming that, you know, you have a team there and maybe not everyone on the team is familiar with this process or certified themselves. So good question. Uh, and our question is, how were you able to get team member buy-in on the process? And of course, especially if they weren't already familiar with it. Right, exactly. What we did over here at uh, Provident Credit Union, um, we tackled projects that you know, touched a lot of different departments on there, whether it was improving mortgage funding times or hiring new team members turnaround times on there, where, you know, in a way, a lot of departments may have a hand on that. So um, we just worked across departments, and we did have a a master black belt uh, work with us as a consultant, and that really was helpful Mm. as we um, uh, began the process, and we're sort of understanding, like, even trying to understand the definition of Lean Six Sigma. Okay, gotcha. And then this is kind of a, a follow-up to that question from Evelyn. Uh, maybe you could share with us what's the most important tactic uh, in making the process work? Did you have any any hints or any experiences that we could share with our listeners that really helped the process work? No, exactly. We, we held consistent meetings, and we just ensured that all team members had a role in developing and implementing the plan. And it, we were very specific, even as part of the Lean Six Sigma process. You know, when we saw the agenda sent out earlier, hey, this is a time we're meeting. We were not going to meet any longer than this. This is what we, uh, our goal for this meeting, and here's who's accountable for what. So we just kept it very succinct, very timely, and kept everybody um, on a path so we can uh, solve our different issues we were looking at. Okay, very good. Thanks. And uh, and then kind of getting back to the side of individual certification. Uh, so you're a green belt, um, and then, Amy, you're a, a white belt? Well, it's Green belt? a white belt certification, and yes. Okay, okay. So my question, maybe to both of you, is how hard is the test, and do you, you know, how much studying or preparation do you need to prepare for it? Oh, I, I know well, for me on there for the uh, Lean Six Sigma Green Belt certification. Well, I probably put in how oh, twenty four to thirty hours of my own time for it, and you know, it's one of those oh. things where. Um, 
yeah, that was me on there too. Some people are probably better test takers on there <laughs> on than I, but because um, we were doing sort of a two-pronged attack, we wanted to do uh, real-life Lean Six Sigma and how you use it daily, so it really means something tactically. And then um, with being certified on there, since it's more of a, a test on there, and there are certain questions um, that you had to answer, um, that took more st- time away studying on there, so you were prepared for that. So we, at least here at the credit union, we did. Hey, here's how you can really help you in real life. And hey, if you want to also be a certified green belt, here's a test for it, and you sort of really get into more of the material. Okay. How about you, Amy? And and for what I had, Brian, our company put together a white belt certification, which is n- nothing more than having the respectable understanding of the methodology, when to apply, and be able to speak about the process somewhat educated <laughs> uh, when you're having a conversation and, and sharing when maybe things should be applied and or not. So the the white belt was more of a certification created for our company and our center at that time, but I know just based off of the experience with the green belts that I did work with in addition to the black belt that I worked for, there it was hours of uh study time in order to complete that test. Wow, interesting. So not, it's not very easy to attain, but definitely worth the effort. Um you know, we don't usually yeah. uh tout that we are uh, recommending certain processes or things, but ho- uh, I think once they hear this, um Lean Six Sigma might owe us some royalties after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's got a little bit of uh, Six Sigma envy at this point, so that's <laughs> That's all the questions I had so far, Uh, uh, Bruce and Amy. You want to add anything else? Uh, Walt, did you have anything? No, uh, it's been uh, wonderful to chat with all of you and at least uh, get the word out about uh, Lean Six Sigma. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And uh, we're right here at the bottom of the hour, so that was really good, very, very meaty. So thank you very much, Walt. We really appreciated your coming on. And uh, Amy, as always, a pleasure. And uh, uh, thank you very much, Brian. And thanks to Thank all you, of Thank you, Brian. Listeners. Thanks, guys. You guys are so nice. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, of course, Walt Sweeney as well for being our uh, our uh, host, or actually our guest on the show today. It's been a wonderful 30 minutes with you. And, of course, Amy and Bruce, thanks for joining us. And uh, what we're going to go ahead and do now is wrap up the show, but to invite you to join us next month for another great show uh, and look at our huge selection, of course, of archive shows and topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. You can click on Call Talk where you'll find over five seasons of this show, and we just added one more great one to that list today. So from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. Take care.